It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today, I am going to recap the Super Bowl, talk a little bit about the implications for the Bengals and the things that we can draw from it, in addition to a little bit of schadenfreude if you're into holding grudges, because the San Francisco 49ers have lost the Super Bowl, of course, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll talk about that game a little bit, and then we get into Mock Draft Monday. We're going to go through a fan-speak mock. We wanted to explore... The trading back option this week, because when we got to the second round last week, we found ourselves in a position where if we were able to trade back, we would have been very happy to do so. So we'll play with a couple of those scenarios in this week's Mock Draft Monday. But first, let's recap the end of the NFL season and draw some parallels to the Bengals from the game. The Super Bowl is in the books. The season is officially closed. Kansas City will be picking 32nd in the NFL draft as they win the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. And since they won the Super Bowl and are picking 32nd, that means that in the second round, the Kansas City Chiefs are picking one spot ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals instead of the 49ers. Bengals fans may be happy about this result because the 49ers beat the Bengals in their two Super Bowl appearances. And the Kansas City Chiefs are led by a passing offense in Patrick Mahomes. The defensive line for San Francisco made Mahomes' life very difficult in this game, but in the end, plays with his legs, plays outside of the pocket, clutch throws to Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, kept the Chiefs in front in the fourth quarter where they outscored the 49ers 21-0 to complete a 10-point comeback and win the game by 11. Jimmy Garoppolo had a very difficult second half, and when the 49ers needed to come from behind to get back in the game, their last four drives went punt, punt, turnover on downs, interception for the Chiefs to salt this one by taking a knee at the end of the game. So what does this mean for the Bengals? Well, outside of the draft order, it doesn't directly mean anything for the Bengals, but when we look at this debate of should we go draft a first-round defensive lineman, Chase Young, Or should we draft a quarterback that might be a franchise quarterback? This is a great case study. The 49ers have several first-round picks on their defensive line, and they did indeed make an impact on this game early. But Patrick Mahomes, the most eligible franchise quarterback in the NFL, had to win the game, 
In the fourth quarter, the Chiefs score two drives very quickly with 6.13 to go and 2.44 to go with Patrick Mahomes making, like I said, huge clutch throws to convert fourth downs, third downs, runs, taking big hits. Mahomes willed his team to the win. Matt Hasselbeck on ESPN said Mahomes kept the game alive with his running ability, and we've talked about that. And this is a transition where we talk about the Bengals, right? Because Joe Burrow likely the number one pick will be the guy for the Bengals instead of probably Chase Young. And you look at these three first round picks for the 49ers, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and it just wasn't quite enough. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play very well on the other side. Maybe if they get better play out of their quarterback, San Francisco can make some plays there when they need to score quickly and can't lean on the running game. Because San Francisco had a lead, and up until the fourth quarter, the game had to be going exactly how they wanted it to be until the running game stalled out. San Francisco finished the game with 141 rushing yards on 22 attempts for a 6.5 yard per carry average, which is pretty good. But when you rely on a running game and a pass rush, you just open up opportunities for error. If you get stopped on a drive and you get hit with an explosive play in the other direction, you can't generate those explosive plays quite as easily. And San Francisco did have a few big passing plays too, but they weren't explosive in the way Patrick Mahomes was able to flip the ball 30 yards, 40 yards downfield. To Tyreek Hill, he was able to extend plays. And his running ability, like Joe Burrows did in the college level, made a big impact in this game. And I'm not comparing Joe Burrow to Patrick Mahomes here. I think that that is a bit much, even though there are actually some similarities to their game. Mahomes has a feel vision and an arm that I don't think is fair to say a guy coming in in his first year will possess. However, there are some similarities there, and it's just highlighting that you need this franchise quarterback in this NFL climate to win. And Patrick Mahomes did it three times in a row, the first team in NFL history to come from behind by 10 or more points in three straight postseason games to win the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. And hopefully there's something here that the Bengals can learn from and go forward and attack free agency the way Kansas City did, attack the draft the way Kansas City did to stack up that speed on offense, get a quarterback, and go out there and win. And with that recap in the books, we're going to get into Mock Draft Monday here in just a minute. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew 
is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Well into the 2020 year now, the Super Bowl is in the books. And if you're trying to get fit in 2020, maybe your resolution is off to a rocky start. You don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment to get going in your home. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. You can go to echelonfit.com right now to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience for less than half the price of a Peloton. Very affordable. You'll love Echelon, and if you're not 100% satisfied, they will give your money back. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today under a thousand bucks. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about a limited free Apple iPad you can get with your bike. Go check out the details of that exclusive offer, Echelon. It's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Mock Draft Monday. That's what we got set up for you guys. We're on fanspeak.com. We are not using... The draft countdown today because we have the premium membership over at FanSpeak, and with that, we can get offered trades and accept trades and move around a little bit, which is something after last week, Jake, you and I both were in the in agreement at 33. We hated the situation. We would have loved to have been able to trade down. We can't currently do that with the, the draft networks. So we're, we're moving over to FanSpeak to see if that same scenario plays out, and if it does, we'll be able to move back and accumulate picks. Now, as we're sitting here, at number one, we haven't really hit the start button yet, but we got offered trades right away. The first one is from the Carolina Panthers. They're basically offering their first four picks to go, to go down. Bengals are one, Panthers are seven. They want to go, us to go down six picks, and they'll give us four picks. Obviously, that's not what we want. I think, you know, if you were, if we were two or three and you didn't have the option to get Joe Burrow, maybe not even two. I think if you're sitting at number three, this is probably the compensation you would look for if they're going up for Tua. But for Joe Burrow at number one, I think this is not even coming close. Yeah, if it was four picks that weren't one, two, three, four rounds, then maybe you actually pause to consider it. But first, second, third, fourth round picks doesn't move the needle for me to go off of the franchise quarterbacks. We'll go ahead, decline the trades, click on Joe Burrow's name here, and let the first round roll and then we can start our draft because that's how this works. We start our drafts in the second round. So as the clock is going and the picks are rolling in and all that, we'll review it. But um, any comments on Joe Burrow this weekend, Jake, a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, some of the things he said, I think what he said, which is basically, I want to go to a team. I want to be picked number one and I want to go to a team that is committed to winning Super Bowls. Also being trained by Jordan Palmer should add that. Um, I think that's exactly what I want my quarterback to say. Yeah, I think that if your quarterback didn't want to go to a team that wanted to win a Super Bowl, and every NFL team wants to win a Super Bowl, it just stands out because of Carson Palmer's remarks earlier in the week. You know what's also interesting? Not only is he working with uh, Jordan Palmer, but TJ Hushmanzada, apparently part of that group as well. Rebecca Toback, mm -hmm. go follow her on Twitter if you don't. Used to do Cincy Jungle stuff, has moved on to other media pastures, and I don't know exactly what, so Rebecca, I'm sorry, I don't have your current occupation by name, but she had some really cool quick interviews with TJ Hushmanzada and Chad Johnson mm -hmm. talking about Joe Burrow coming to Cincinnati. Chad, of course, told Joe Burrow to eat McDonald's. But I, I think that once you put those quotes in context, once you actually watch the interview, it's Dan Patrick was, was baiting him a little bit, right? And 
I think Joe Burrow answered it with the canned remark. You know, he, he was asked the question, would you rather go first overall or go to the right team? And so Burroughs, and everyone knows what he's talking about, right? So Burroughs says, well, yeah, of course I want to go number one. And of course I want to win. It's both. Right. It's a combination. That's literally what he said. I'm with that. Right. And I think that's what I want my quarterback to do. And I want my quarterback. And the reason we want Joe Burrow, right, is because he, he not only number one, we're kind of worried that the Bengals can't field a good enough team to actually win it. So we need a quarterback to elevate that team. Right. Number two, Joe Burrow's attitude and the way he approaches it and his you know the way he rallies everyone around him and people buy into him it seems uh we want that at quarterback to hopefully get this team to maybe push the envelope a little bit more than they have so just that response there i was like yep that's why we want you yeah and i think that generally he comes across as a very confident player but not in the way that johnny manzel was like cocky i think there's some people that are a little bit worried and and making but manzel was a big party or two and so was Joe Burrow after he won the championship game but by all accounts Joe Burrow incredibly hard worker so that that's one of the things he actually said in that interview he he said I can't guarantee that I'm going to be the best quarterback but I, I can tell you that I'm going to work extremely hard so let's look at what happened in round one shall we yeah obviously two is gone let's just look at the end of the round here because i think most of the guys you would expect to go are gone marlon davidson here at 20 is the earliest i've seen him be picked in any mock i've done and then there's a little run on tackles here at the end of the round josh jones bakai beckton austin jackson uh justin herbert to the patriots at 23 patrick queen to the saints at 24 lsu to new orleans that's a fun one for patrick queen isn't it so Mm -hmm. let's see what we've got sitting here at the top of round two where we have a couple offers. So we're going to take a look at the board and and then we're going to look at these offers. So Arizona has offered us a third round pick to move back seven picks and Jacksonville has offered us a fourth and fifth round pick to move back nine picks. So obviously I think Arizona's offer here is a little bit nicer. We really like the top of that third round. So mm-hmm. let's take a look at the board real quick here and make sure we have eight players we're comfortable with. So with the offers that are on the table there, the uh, Cardinals offering to move back to number eight in the second round. The only guy we're really concerned about missing out on is Xavier McKinney from Alabama. He's a safety. The only other first round guy with a grade is a running back. So we're not even considering that. McKinney's 24th on the board. We're sitting at 33. It's really one guy versus the next tier is the guys we, we probably feel comfortable with once we get back down to eight, nine, ten in the second round, plus accumulating an extra third and fourth round pick, um, that seems worth it for us. So we we accepted the trade. We moved back. The guys that went ahead of us only got really interested in maybe Zach Bond, but I don't even know how interested I am in him, Jake. And so as we're on the clock right now, Xavier McKinney did not go. He was the one guy we were we were okay with trading back and missing out on him because do we actually need a safety? It's a, it's a position to upgrade. He's a first round pick. Um, well, at least graded on this board. So, I mean, I think the logic is there that now that he's still there and we traded back and accumulated picks, we should take a Xavier McKinney. I really like Xavier McKinney here. I think it's a great value pick. The other guys that we should talk about though, I think there are some really good corners here that we could talk ourselves into and corner if you listen to Austin Gale on the Bengals Booth podcast, is a position that is highly valuable in the NFL and is a position that is really easy to argue that the Bengals need. You could replace one Alabama corner with another. Trayvon Diggs still here at pick number 40. Jalen Johnson from Utah, 
a highly acclaimed corner and Bryce Hall from from Virginia yeah. are all guys that I think have an argument to go at the top of the second round. The safety, Xavier McKinney, is a really good prospect. I, I think that he pairs well enough with Jesse Bates that I'm happy to take him here. The only other names then that I'm looking at are probably receivers, and, and we've talked ourselves out of receiver at this spot in the past with K.J. Hamler here as a guy that could play outside and Jalen Rager, who I think can play anywhere on the field. And this also frees up a little bit of linebacker with Sean Williams. If McKinney's going to play, and Williams played a lot of linebacker last year, and they had to go with Brandon Wilson, a little bit Clayton Fedulum, I think this is a significant upgrade for that third safety and potentially linebacker where Sean Williams can do more of that freely and you're not losing something on the back half, which I didn't feel the Bengals did, but getting a much more talented player in that position should help out that defensive secondary. And I think we're still going to be targeting linebacker here. In case you're curious as to why we're not taking one right now, the guys that are available, Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, Malik Harrison from Ohio State, Logan Wilson from Wyoming, and Troy Dye from Oregon are the top four guys on the board here. Evan Weaver from Cal, who played in the Senior Bowl, also here, the top five. And I think that from the the, the names on this list that I've watched, at least, are are probably developmental so if you're looking for an instant impact at linebacker it will have to come for the Bengals this year in free agency so let's go ahead pull the trigger on Xavier McKinney and the thing about McKinney here is it's, it's kind of a question of whether Sean Williams will either even be on the team at this point with the down year he had with the new coaching staff it'll be a very similar situation to taking Jesse Bates after a trade down and then he replaces George Aloka fairly quickly. But I do think with how much um, Williams played linebacker last year and how the Bengals desperately need somebody and not knowing what's going on with free agency as we're doing this draft, um, I, I could see him making the roster and still having a place to play. So just rounding out the second round then, Yetro Gross Matos goes 2-9. That's another guy that we were considering there. Yep. We forgot to mention him. There goes Trayvon Diggs just a few picks later. The end of the round, Antoine Winfield here goes in the second round, so he's starting to come up on some of these consensus boards. Bradley and I toward the end of the second round. Neville Gallimore, a guy that we would have probably been happy to take somewhere near the top of the second round, goes at 27 in the second round. And Josh Uchi, Jalen Rager go 30-31, and those are sort of tough to see at the end of the second round right before we pick. In, in another world, I could imagine having picked up a pick, maybe trying to come up a couple spots here, but let's get into the third round uh, here in just a minute, actually. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Heading into round three, we've gone Joe Burrow, quarterback. We've gone safety, Xavier McKinney. We're sitting here on the clock to kick off round three. We've got offers from the Chargers to move back to pick number seven. They'll throw in a fourth rounder. Same thing for the Jags. To go back to number nine, they'll throw in a fourth rounder. We're going to look at the available players. I don't think um, we're in the situation that, you know, I'm looking to trade back here necessarily. 
because start of the third round, it looks like there's still some really good players here, some at linebacker, some at O-line. So we're going to check it real quick and then decide on these uh, trade offers. So after consulting the available players and talking through it a little bit, Joe and I have decided that it makes sense here to move back another six picks, pick up a fourth round pick. Again, we really like these third, fourth rounds of this draft, and there aren't guys that we feel really strongly about here. There are a number of guys that we're happy to end up with if we do move back. So we're going to take this offer here from the Los Angeles Chargers and drop back to round three, pick seven. So we move back six picks and we pick up a fourth round pick, which on the trade value chart is a significant win for us. And one of the guys we would have picked actually is who the Chargers trade up for in Prince Tega Winogo. But here we We, are. And we were also a little bit interested in Malik Harrison, weren't we, Joe? We were. That was the guy we said as we're sitting there, the pick is what when we're on the clock was uh, 65. Yes. So the number 50 guy on the board, Malik Harrison, linebacker from Ohio State. Still there, and we said, well, we need a linebacker. He's clearly the top-rated guy, um, well, a decent chunk, a whole tier above, as uh, Duke Tobin would would describe it. Uh, but with other linebackers still there, we were okay with trading back, especially to get another fourth. We realized the some of the deficiencies on this roster. We're going to need a few of these picks to start accumulating to add to this. So, I mean, for Harrison to still be here, I'm ecstatic. This is a similar situation to just getting McKinney last round where we trade back and we're like, man, the guy we would have taken had we have had to stay is still available. I think it's a no-brainer at this point. And we have back-to-back picks here, Joe. So we have Malik Harrison, and then we have the luxury of taking a look at the board again, and we see a number of, of great options. And, and the names that jump out to me right away are Curtis Weaver from Boise State and Jonathan Grenard. What are you, yeah. what are you looking at here? I know, because the thing is, you got to project Harrison. I think he's a weak side linebacker if Pratt's our middle. And then Grenard would be a Sam and Edge type guy. I feel the same for Curtis Weaver. So um, looking at it, I think I'd love to go back towards the offensive side. Lloyd Cushenberry's still there, whether that's a center or a guard. I would even take Damian Lewis now at this point. I know it's a little bit early based on the board that's sitting here, but I disagree a little bit with Matt Miller's rankings of some of these interior linemen where I think Lewis and Cushenberry are significantly better than John Simpson, who he has as the best guard remaining. Well, I think Natani Muti from Fresno State and Jonah Jackson are guys that I'm even looking at before Damian Lewis. Muti in particular is an absolute house of a guard. He has a highlight reel. How many guys? He has a highlight reel from when he was a freshman at Fresno State of just blowing people up in the run game. And according to PFF, he hasn't given up a ton of pressures either. So if I'm looking at a guard, Natani Muti is a, a huge, huge individual and he could be somebody that I would target here. Jonah Jackson, the transfer to Ohio State. I didn't know he transferred until very recently, but he had a great year for them. Took a big step forward in his game. So some interesting guys to consider here. Let's take a look at some other positions real quick before we land on guard. So we're looking around at the board. We switched to wide receiver just to see how that's starting to shake. If you listen to us last week, Mott Draft Monday, we were we took one in the second round, but we were very aware of who was there in the third, fourth, and fifth each time, you know, kind of teasing us that you shouldn't have taken one at 33. And we're sitting here, I think, a favorite of the Senior Bowl, a guy that really shot up and will continue to shoot up as long as he tests well and runs well. Uh, Denzel Mims out of Baylor, I think, has everything you're looking for for an outside receiver. He has the um, ball tracking. He's got the route running. He knows how to uh, contort his body in the air and get his feet down. He put on a show down in Mobile. I think he's got everything you're looking for for a guy that's like, for me, I I think of Cortland Sutton in Denver. When I watch Denzel Mims, I think he can turn 
turn into a number one type receiver. And he's a guy that really vaulted up after the Senior Bowl. After the season at Baylor, there were a lot of questions about the route running, and he put those to bed in a big way mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl. So as the third round completes here and runs through, some names here that are going late that I feel like I know pretty well. Curtis Weaver, Richard Lawrence, Jonathan Grenard there, Van Jefferson, uh, Kentucky guy, Lim Bowden. I know that'll make a lot of our Kentucky fan listeners happy to hear that he's going in the third round here. Anyone else standing out here, Joe? There's a lot of good names in this third round. Raekwon Davis, Bryce Hall, the corner from Virginia. A.J. Green, the corner, goes to Minnesota. That's fun. Yeah, and then one other guy from Florida, Jonathan Zuniga, was the opposite end of, uh, uh, I mean, sorry, Jabari Zuniga, the opposite end of Jonathan Grenard, who is more of a defensive end. So I think he's a third-round guy in the a good value. He got hurt, so I think that's going to knock him down a little bit, but he did really well at the Senior Bowl also. So now we're back on the clock here at the top of the fourth round, Joe, and we could again trade back, but I think I think for the purposes of, of the mock, let's say we're going to stay put for the rest of the way. I agree, and I think we've gone to the well too many times. Let's just, we've got enough picks now to close this thing out, and we've hit a few of our needs already. We just got to get some offensive line picks coming up. I know we need some offensive line picks, but as I look at the top players on the board here, there's Colin Johnson, and I'm not going back-to-back receiver here, but I really like Colin Johnson. He might be a little bit redundant with Auden Tate with a lot of the yeah. same skill set, but Very. I really liked what I saw from him from the tape at the Senior Bowl. Lloyd Cushenberry, however, there at the top. But Adam Troutman, the Dayton tight end, in the fourth round, pretty good value for a guy with his skill set. Thaddeus Moss, the LSU tight end, if you wanted to stay with a guy that has some familiarity with Joe Burrow, Troy Dye. At this point, I'm looking at Troy Dye and thinking, okay, I can live with the learning curve that he might have to endure to get to be an NFL starting linebacker. Jason Strobridge, North Carolina defensive lineman, had a great senior bowl. We picked him last week, though, so we won't pick him again this week. What about these other guys, though? The other guy we picked last week, too, Akeem Davis-Gaither is on the front page here. There's a lot of guys that we definitely like. I think, obviously, Lloyd Cushenberry being at the top of this, he's still there at the top of the fourth round. I think he could go, could go as high as round two. I think third round is where he should end up. And then getting him at the top of round four would be a slam dunk. So I'm on that completely. But I know there's other, some other interior offensive linemen, you know, that – are going to make us maybe pause a little bit because we do have another pick coming up, and that's Damian Lewis and uh, Natane Mauti. So, or Moot, how do you say his last name? I think it's Mooty, but uh, I Mooty. won't know until we hear somebody who knows it say it. We've only read it. Yeah. There's, so also, I, there's also Jonah Jackson here, the Ohio yeah. State guy that we talked about a little bit earlier. So, the thing about Lloyd Cushenberry is he's a center. And I, and I don't know if he's going to hold up as well at guard. And then are we just moving Trey Hopkins out to guard? He he had a fine year at center, and it's it's a a bit of a conundrum for me with Lloyd Cushenberry. You typically start these guys at guard anyways in the NFL. And, you know, the Bengals didn't do that with Billy Price, but all of the other centers that were drafted in the last two years were moved to guard to start off. So I wouldn't be against it. The Bengals could potentially need two guards. I mean, I wouldn't be against going back-to-back guard here. If we got Cushenberry and then Moody, you got a left guard, right guard, and maybe Cushenberry is your center in two years or so. I don't think that's out of the question with Hopkins, you know, really – 
having his first good year at center and really tailed off towards the end, he could play guard also. So I think you just get good players and you figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy here to take Lloyd Cushenberry. He's a guy that we really liked at the Senior Bowl. He has, again, familiarity with Joe Burrow. I'm happy to pick guys from LSU. That was a very good team. So we go Cushenberry here, and we're picking again at six in this round. And we're back on the clock here. In the last four picks, we saw Colin Johnson, the wide receiver from Texas that I talked about, go off the board. And Troy Dye finally goes to the New York Giants at 107. Now, though, back on the clock, do we just go back and do that back-to-back guard deal? Do we look at one of these tight ends, Adam Troutman or Thaddeus Moss? I think the value here is pointing the tight end, only because I think Moss and Troutman, I think Troutman, if he goes in round two, don't be surprised. He has everything you look for in a top tight end. Uh, But Moss, I think he's a better blocker, and I think he obviously played against higher competition. He's just not the athlete that Troutman is. But, again, I'd love to pair an LSU guy – why not? Uh, I think picking either of those guys will be a slam dunk here in round four. And with the guards that are still remaining, we may be able to get one of those at the top of the fifth round. I think that's what we would be hoping for at this point. There's a guy that you're going to be at least a little bit comfortable with in the fifth round. And we're only doing five rounds in this mock draft Monday. So it's really a coin flip for me between Troutman and Thaddeus Moss at this point. I think Troutman is the upside guy. And Thaddeus Moss, I mean... Randy Moss would be at Bengals games. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. I think, though, I'm trying to look back at last year's draft and taking um, Sample, and he's going to be a blocker. And if he's ever a good receiver, we should be surprised. I think Troutman gives you the upside as a receiver, and I want that. Thaddeus Moss made some incredible plays downfield for LSU, though. He did. I'm struggling here, to be honest with you. They're ranked 94 and 105 on this board, but as the board is reset, that's number two and number four. You could flip a coin on these guys without the testing right now. Because what if Moss is much more athletic than he looks at times? Then he's going to end up going higher than this. I think it's this is tough. I could go either way. It's really hard for me to not pick Randy Moss's son here just because he's Randy Moss's son. And I think that would be a lot of fun. But Adam Troutman has the local ties, and I know that he would be an exciting pick for Dayton. So let's go Adam Troutman here with the caveat of, this is I'm I'm totally happy with either of these guys. Just to mention some other guys on the board that we can still consider. KJ Hill, the wide receiver from Ohio State, still there. And a couple wide receivers, including Chase Claypool. And I think this is a little late for him, but we're gonna go Troutman and we'll see what happens when we get to our turn in the fifth round. So a few of the guys have gone now. We took a little bit of a bonus pick with Troutman. And then Troy Pride Jr. goes, the corner from Notre Dame. And then offensive line, right? Moody goes, Jonah Jackson goes, Ben Barch goes. We're going to have to see who's there at the top of the fifth round. Now it is fifth round. We're hoping somebody would fall and give us that. You know, picking whenever you're picking at the top, as the Bengals are, you should end up with a guy that's, you know, graded around higher. And we were hoping one of those three or four guys would still be there. So in the fifth round, looking at the top of the board, there are a few names that immediately jump out at me. A lot of wide receivers on this list, right? Courtney Davis, Jawan Jennings, KJ Hill, Kalija Lipscomb, who I kind of like because his name sort of sounds like my name, Antonio Gandy-Golden. That name is just a mouthful. So just a laundry list of wide receivers that in the fifth round you probably are pretty happy with. Trey Adams, though, looking at Mm -hmm. the top offensive lineman on the board if he can stay healthy in the fifth round is absolutely a guy that belongs in the nfl 
Yeah, I'm with you. I hear I'd like to go back O-line because I'd really like to hit it. And since we we waited until round four and still ended up getting a good guy, uh, I feel a little bit better about O-line, but I'd like to hit it one more time. I'd like to get a corner if possible. I'd like to get a defensive lineman. It's when you get to these points and not having free agency, you see why it's so hard for the Bengals to fill their roster every single year without really digging into free agency. Um, there's too many picks. There's too many positions of need still. That and... As PFF loves to point out, and their data bears out, not to keep going back to PFF, because I know everyone today is having fun beating up on PFF for wanting Russell Wilson to have won the MVP award. Regardless of all that, their data shows that rookies grade lower than veterans. Yeah. And this is common common sense too, right? Like a guy that's been in the NFL, you would expect to play better than a guy adjusting to really what is a different game played with the same ball on the same size field in the NFL with a lot of the same rules, but it's a really a different game between the college and the pros right now. And who was it? Who's the guy that calls Alabama games he used to do the senior bowl calls Alabama games. He used to, he used to run the senior bowl before Nagy took it. Oh, Spencer, um, Phil Spencer, right? Phil, not Spencer. Savage. Yes. Phil, Phil Savage. Savage was uh, he he does Alabama games on Saturday and he goes and does NFL games on Sundays. Goes and watches NFL games on Sundays. He says it's a different game, different game with the same ball. I just thought that was an interesting quote. The other uh, interesting offensive lineman here, I think, is Jack Driscoll. But yeah. Trey Adams is a guy that you know if he if he can be healthy, I think that that that's the guy for me. I think we need to look at Sadiq Charles, also from LSU. That's their left tackle, declared as a junior. Um, the other guy here is Calvin Throckmorton. I don't know if you saw the Bengals' assistant offensive line coach's quote on him. Said he's a genius. He knows the the techniques and plays you know better than we do. Uh, I think in the fifth round, it, he's got to go to guard anyways. So I don't have a problem taking him in the fifth round. You know who else we don't have a problem with taking in the fifth round, Joe, is Georgia Southern kicker who tore it up in Mobile, Alabama, Tyler Bass. He was one of the most impressive players from the practices. I mean, everyone was talking about him. Like, who? well, you know, everyone gets together. Well, who'd you notice? Who, who'd you see? Everyone, what about the kicker? Yeah, he's hitting from 65, no problem. I mean, we're sitting in the one end zone where they're kicking from, and he's kicking from 55, and it's landing – 30 rows into the into the the stands I mean right over our heads and we're halfway up he can hit these from 65 when we talked to him after practice he said he's hit a 70 in practice before with the wind behind his back I'd love to have a weapon like that fifth round I don't don't be shocked if he goes in the fourth round when the draft comes around I I want to come up with the cool nickname and we're picking him we're going Tyler Bass Bass here well you can't do Seabass because that was Janikowski well he's the new one he would have to be some other kind of bass. What was his school? Georgia Southern? I guess that's pretty close to the sea. Smallmouth. Smallmouth bass. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is where we're at. You know, we're actually recording this, for those of you still listening, uh, for some reason, on the Saturday before the Super Bowl because Joe's got a birthday tomorrow for a kid and the Super yeah. Bowl's obviously happening. So Joe's not going to be available tomorrow. But let's recap, shall we, Joe? We've got... In the first round, Joe, what's his name? Burrow, I think. And then in the second round, we trade back a little bit, pick up an extra third rounder. Go Xavier McKinney, who's fallen, I think, as far as he could possibly fall out of the first round here. And there's a chance that he falls out of the first round, but he's definitely an early second if he does. 
In the third round, we again trade back six picks to pick up an extra fourth, get Malik Harrison here, get our linebacker. And at the time, he was the 50th ranked player on the board. We got him at 71. Then we got Denzel Mims at 72, who really improved his stock at the Senior Bowl, showing off some refined route running. Joe, on day three, take him through it. Yeah, we come back and we didn't target a center, but we need an interior offensive lineman. We'll figure it out afterwards after Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU is still there. I think we'd be more than comfortable in the third round had we needed a center, but in the fourth round now it becomes value and you're getting a, a good player. Uh, we I can say the same. I think fourth round and fifth round, day three, This is we're taking um, high-end guys that just make your team better even if they're not going to have a, a defined role as rookies. So in the fourth round with the sixth pick, uh, bonus pick we got from trading back earlier, Adam Troutman out of Dayton, uh, taking uh, coming off the back of, uh, I forget his name already, Drew Sample. I think getting the exact opposite, a guy who has the athleticism and receiving upside, don't be surprised if Troutman's better than Sample very early in their careers. Capping off this draft, fifth round, Tyler Bass, kicker. I know that Bullock's coming off a great year, but Bass can do everything that Bullock can't do. And I'm talking he's a weapon from 60. You you don't have to go for it. Even though I'd like the Bengals to go for it now. We got Joe Burrow, a receiver and a tight end, an offensive lineman to go with him. If you need to kick a field goal, Tyler Bass is your guy. I, I hope that everyone heard me roll my eyes when you said Randy Bullock had a great year because he didn't have an objectively great year. He had a relatively great year to the Randy Bullock standard. Note right. on Adam Troutman, we could have gone Thaddeus Moss there. That was essentially a coin flip. Both of those guys could be very good NFL tight ends. What stands out to me, Joe, looking at this draft, is it doesn't necessarily make the Bengals immediately better, right? These are picks that, while they might contribute a little bit early, particularly Xavier McKinney, Denzel Mims, maybe Lloyd Cushenberry. What's that? Harrison good. He could start. I don't know if I'm going to count on a rookie linebacker starting, especially early in the year, at least not yet. I, I have to go watch more of Malik Harrison before I can make that comment. But just looking at the draft on the whole, I think this just speaks to the need to address this team in free agency. That's all I'm getting at. No, you're completely right, because I'd still love to draft a, a corner, a D lineman, another offensive lineman. They're going to have to go on a free agency and come away with a linebacker and an offensive lineman. I don't think... There's any question about it. Any other position would be great to just knock it off of draft needs, but really they could spend a pick at every single position and it'd be warranted. And it's also worth noting here, we picked up an extra third and an extra fourth round pick to get all these guys picked, and it still feels like we could have done a lot more work. Anyway, that is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll be back throughout the week to do what it is that we do now that it's February we're going to come up on our one-year anniversary here this week, so we'll have probably a regular episode that day. But hey, it'll be our one-year anniversary of doing this. So thanks for sticking with us for the year if you have. And until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 